Twas the Sunday before Christmas. And all through the house, not a worshiper was stirring, fearing the spirit to douse. Then stepped up the preacher with his protruding belly, <laughs> which shook when he preached like a bowl full of jelly. That's as far as I'm going with that. Would you open God's precious holy word to Isaiah chapter 8? Isaiah and Christmas. This is after the announcement in Isaiah 7 of the virgin born child. God with us, Emmanuel. This is a dark time in Isaiah's world, in, in Israel's world, during this time, the world of Judah. Ahaz, Ahaz was the evil king, and he didn't do right in the sight of the Lord. Pekah of Israel, the northern kingdom, Rezin, the king of Aram, came to Ahaz asking him to join with them in an alliance that they might stand against the mighty Assyrians, their king Tiglath-Pileser, who was on a rampage ravaging the world. Ahaz refused and he ran to Tiglath-Pileser and acquiesced to the Assyrians. While he was there, he was taken to the place of worship that impressed him. He was impressed with this pagan temple. Moloch, the bloodthirsty Ammonite god, Moloch. So Ahaz came back, wanted to build a likeness of that, shut down the temple in Jerusalem and stopped the worship of Yahweh. We should never underestimate the influence of national leadership. Especially when the fallen nature of man longs for someone to tell him that his sin is okay. A large idol was built to Moloch in the Valley of Hinnom. There near Jerusalem. The primary part of the worship of Moloch is to sacrifice your baby. 
I've described before a, a, a brass, large brass structure, weird looking image of some kind of creature, arms outfolded and turned up at an angle, solid copper, an open belly where the fire would burn very hot, making the arms of that thing hot. And on the hill above it, the worshipers would come with their babies and throw their living babies onto the red hot arms and the little thing would sizzle and scream and fall into the belly of fire. This was the worship of Israel, of Judah, in the day of Ahaz, the king. Sounds horrible. It's no different than what we do today with babies. No different. I've read the accounts of mothers who saw the little living thing to be aborted, brought out alive and cruelly murdered and dismembered with its little grimaces and movements until it was dead. The nurses who finally had to quit and say, I can't do this anymore. Sins against our children. We introduced them to doctrines of demons and we don't protest. We leave them in the hands of the world who has cast out our God and our Savior and his blessed word and into that vacuum moves Satan with his doctrines of demons. Sins against the children. In many ways, this day of Isaiah, depicted in chapter 8 and 9, is similar to the day in which we live in our society. Darkness. Darkness falling ever more greatly. Descending heavily upon those who were supposed to be the people of God. And the godly, the remnant. Withdraw in horror. In so many ways, without the power and spirit of God and, and without God bringing us a special kind of leader, we're not prepared or equipped to fight this kind of meanness and hostility and, and horror. So, Tiglath Pileser continues on his rampage in the world, and the southern kingdom grows darker. 
under the evil leadership of their king, Ahaz, who was himself a son of David. So that brings us then to this account, beginning in verse 18, where I'm going to start in chapter 8 and extends into chapter 9. So please open God's precious holy word to Isaiah chapter 8. And let's consider this. There in this day was an unwitting world not realizing that they were waiting for something great to happen because they were in such darkness and deception. I, I can't see a a, a better description of the, of the condition of the world today. So let's think about it as we go through here. Beginning of verse 18, behold, now this is Isaiah. I and the sons whom Yahweh has given me for signs and wonders in Israel from Yahweh's, from Yahweh, that's, that's the Lord of armies or the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. So his, his statement is this. And you can go back to the early part of Isaiah and God said, I'm giving you this son for this sign and I'm giving you then later another son for this sign and he gave them a name and their name meant something. And Isaiah was also a sign. This very, this very scripture in Hebrews 2 is applied to Christ. So what is happening here with Isaiah and his sons also happens through Christ. In our day. So he's calling for the godly to hear him. You see, only the godly can hear the word of God. People have to be born again. Somebody can come in here in darkness and lost unless by the grace of God. That person, according to Peter, as he writes it, that person is caused by God to be born again. Word of God doesn't mean anything to him. You can warn him. As a matter of fact, God told Isaiah here, he said, I'm, I'm sending you to preach, but it's not going to mean anything to these people. But some, someday in their time of judgment, they will have to acknowledge that the word of God came to them. So here, Isaiah says, I'm coming to make an announcement, to make a proclamation, speaking to the godly that the godly might have cheer in our hearts. Because in such a time of, of runaway Deception and darkness, immorality, and I mean, you know, crime, you just call it what, atheism. You go the gamut of all of the things that are included in a world of darkness. That world, the godly in that world need only one thing. And that's the presence of Christ. That's all we need. So then he continues. 
When they say to you, now these would be the unbelievers, the skeptics of Judah. When they say to you, inquire of the necromancers and wizards, yours may say mediums, the, the Hebrew word, it's, it's a word that means to consult the dead. That's an occultic, satanic thing. To, to, speak, to the, speak to the dead, talk to a ghost. And wizards, wizards speak to the spirit world. Who chirp and mutter. Demons, <laughs> demons can talk. They chirp and mutter. Chirp and mutter. Should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead in behalf of the living? The world that Isaiah was in, so steeped in darkness that people were seeking the things of demons. Doctrines of devils, doctrines of demons. I will tell you that anything that opposes the word of God is a doctrine of demons. Our world today is filled with it. Filled with it. The so-called science, Paul said to Timothy, beware of science falsely so-called. The so-called science that's taught, the socialism that's taught, the civics that are taught, the th anthropology that is taught, biology. I could go on and on. We live in a world where our children are immersed in doctrines of demons. And we are, we find ourselves opening ourselves up to weird demonic things. They're in trouble. Why are they seeking the dead when they are alive? Here is what Isaiah cries out to the people. To the Torah and the testimony. Torah, that's the law, that's the word, that's the books of Moses. That's what they had in their day. The Bible, that's their Bible. And the witness, the testimony, the statutes of God. To the Torah and to the testimony, to the word of God. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Dear friend, if you study the Bible as a believer, I mean, you are a serious student of the word of God. All of the answers to your questions about things that you may be facing now or what the world is facing always are found in the word of God.
we have, we have eliminated the word of God in our society. And it is the same thing, in my opinion, as throwing those children onto the arms of Moloch and giving them over to a false god, a demon god. And so our society runs unchecked in evil and, and doctrines of demons seeking answers from dead things that are not alive when we are yet alive ourselves. Go to the word of God. You don't have to live in depression and distress. You can find joy. But if we live in our society where our leaders, the influencers, the, academic, the academics, the teachers, the hierarchy of authority in our society, if they don't speak according to this word, listen to this. It is because there is no light in them. They are of the darkness. No light in them. What a world. And they'll pass through it hard pressed and hungry. They won't find happiness. They won't find joy. They, they'll, they'll only find confusion, problems. They'll not find any resolutions. And it shall happen. It shall happen. When they are hungry, they will be enraged. They become violent. They can't find an answer. They turn on one another. Turn on us. Turn against the world. And they will curse their king and their God. And look upward. Well, a God who is not God cannot help them. An evil king who led them to that God cannot help them. That society, therefore, must collapse. When they don't get anything in their atheism... And in looking to doctrines of demons that come from false gods and evil leadership, when they don't get anything that satisfies them there, verse 22, they'll look to the earth and see distress or trouble in darkness. They'll see weariness be driven into darkness. So now what are people doing? They're looking at the earth. Take it literally. Take it literally. The earth's in bad shape. The climate's messed up. Nations are messed up. We need to be one big group of people like the Tower of Babel. We don't need, we don't need nations. And then, and then, they, then, then ethnic groups turn on ethnic groups. That's exactly what Christ said would happen. Nation against nation. Ethnicity against ethnicity. And from the original text... All they see is distress and trouble and darkness and they keep going to this stuff that's false. And there's only weariness and gloom and everything is wrong in the earth. And so the violence grows and it continues. 
in the opening of the seven, of the seven seals in the book of the Revelation. There is this false leader who comes on a white horse, a bow without arrows. Daniel talks about the peace covenant that he forges with Israel. Prior to that, Ezekiel 38 and 30, listen. Finally, this darkness leads the world to war. Not just civil unrest, civil war. Those are two Greek words that describe a sword that are translated sword. One is the big sword that the soldier carries. The other is the common man's dagger. And then the opening of those seven seals, the one that is described most is the one that's the common man's dagger. Every man turns against every man. Wild, unchecked rage in the world. Violence and bloodshed. Gloom of anguish. And they will be driven into darkness. Why? Because they have rejected God and his word. That's the only thing that's left. Is insanity. I've watched world leaders in the past few years, probably more than I ever have. And the people who are leading this world are insane. They are. That's a judgment from God, may I say. You leave a person, you leave a nation, you leave a society to itself, it'll kill itself. Darkness. But somebody's coming. Isaiah knew it, and he's speaking to the godly. These old, these old, Lost people in darkness. They're not drawn to the light. You just can't help them. God, only God can draw them into the light. But there is a coming contrast to that world in which Isaiah lived. Light will overcome darkness. Look at it now in chapter 9. But the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. Now he's talking about the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. That is, uh, um, let's see, that is upper and lower Galilee. Galilee, okay, that's the area around the Sea of Galilee. At first, when he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, okay, at first, in wrath, God judged them for their sin. And now, as Isaiah preaches, Tiglath Pileser moves upon that land. And makes it part of his own. God sent Hosea and Amos, most particularly, to the northern kingdom. And they wouldn't listen. They just got worse in their sins. And finally it came. God lifted his hand and here come the Assyrians. 
and Zebulun and Naphtali, Upper and Lower Galilee, they collapse all the horrific things that the Assyrians did to the people. But wrath can become mercy. Afterward, more greatly honored her, that is, that land of Zebulun and Naphtali, more greatly honored her by way of the sea and the other side of the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles or Galilee of the nations. Galilee. Always Galilee was seen as a place of Gentiles or half Jew, half Gentiles. And the Jews despised it. They hated it. They hated people from there. That's why it was asked, can anything good come out of Galilee? And that's where Christ came from. This is the prophecy. Something good is coming. A little insignificant place that nobody loves or adores. But God can take wrath and turn it into mercy. By grace, God can dispel darkness with light. Verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, a light has shined upon them. This is why Hebrews 2 references this particular section as applicable to Christ. When Christ came to be born, the babe in the manger, he came to a world steeped in self-righteousness and evil. Let me tell you, Self-righteous folks are probably the most evil of all. They'll despise, turn on, and ultimately kill those who aren't self-righteous. Look what they did to Jesus, you see. Christ dispenses the darkness. God will send his Christ. This is what the godly need to hear in Isaiah's day. Tell us about the Messiah again. We need him so badly. We long for him. Weariness then will become joy and defeat will be turned into victory. You have multiplied the nation, increased its joy, the one who is in the light, the one who brings the light. They rejoice before you like the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide spoils. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of the one who oppressed him, you have broken. As on the day of Midian. Now the day of Midian, that's when, that's when Gideon took 32,000 troops and he was going to march against Midian. And God said, this is too many people. And he gave them this, he gave him this uh, test. And when it was all over, his 32,000 became 300. You know the story of Gideon. It was a miraculous victory because God did it. This is the whole, doesn't matter 
what we're against. God can do anything. So, for every sandal of the trampling warrior from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel for fire. The day is coming by the power of the Christ that war and bloodshed will be over and the implements of war will be used no more. Because of the child who is to be born, because of the son who is given, who is our savior and our king. The great news for the godly. And it's the good news for us because he's coming again very soon. The world's dark, man. It's, it's, the world's in darkness. And it seems to be exponentially growing, this darkness. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the dominion is upon his shoulder. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Think about that. In an age yet to come, Lord, we suffered, it was rough. We saw so many who had such a hard time. And the wonderful counselor will counsel. And comfort, unlike any other counselor or comforter, wonderful counselor, and he'll be called God. He'll be called Mighty Father, Everlasting Prince of Peace, of the increase of his dominion and peace upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with justice and righteousness. The and is understood there. And righteousness from now and eternally, forever, into eternity, into the ages of ages. How's this going to happen? The world's falling apart. We don't have any power. We don't have an army. They're turning on us everywhere. They're turning on us in the United Nations. They're turning on us in Washington, D.C. They're turning on us in state legislatures. They're turning on us in the local councils of cities and villages and, and counties. We don't have any power. You don't need it. The zeal of Yahweh, it's about the Lord of armies. Yahweh of hosts will accomplish it. He'll take care of it. So this is the great word. Christ came. He brought hope. He died for us. He has given us unspeakable peace. Because death has no authority or power over us who are in Christ. And he's coming again. 
I think very soon. And this darkness will be dispelled by his light. Isaiah's Christmas. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he came into this world to save sinners. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus. Call on him in confession of your sin to save you. And he'll save you. Because you can't do that without the power of the, God, of the Spirit of God in your life. Come to Christ today. Maybe you're here, you're already a believer and you want to come and plant your life here as a believer and study the word of God with us. Serve the Lord with us here. Fellowship with other believers here. The invitation is open for you as well. Father God in heaven. Be with us now in this invitation. And use this for your glory. In Jesus' name.